Tim's trying to get Melvin Gordon right now. 100%. He's trying to bang He's trying to, yeah, he is, right? He is trying to dangle that, Tommy. <laughs> Trying to suck his cousin in right True. now. True. Love sucking his cousin in. Fuck off, Tim. Die, you fucking die. Better get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's getting recorded, too. <laughs> That'll be an hey, opener. Trade the picture. <laughs> TC. Hey. What? Don't be an asshole. I won't, but that was amazing that I just found that. <laughs> Was that bitch tight handicapped again? What's his name? Ladies and gentlemen, George Kittle. I feel like the Land Sharks are going to be a really scrappy team. Yeah, like win three games. <laughs> How awful is that division, though? Alex has a shit team. I should just give the clothes back to Alex. He probably works part time at Superstore. <laughs> He's probably JD's assistant. <laughs> Matt Ryan. <sighs> Calvin Ridley. Matt Ryan. Push. Push! You can't push your way out of the game! <laughs> push! Alex has a shit team. What is up? This is the MWO Fantasy Football Podcast, Episode 9. It's been a hot minute, but I got a little something-something for you guys. So sit back and enjoy some smooth listening. Maybe 20 to 30 minute quick review here of our rookie draft, which happened on May 3rd, which is almost two months ago. I figured it's about time, and um, here we go. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you guys some projections. That's right. I've projected the first 10 picks of the rookie draft uh, and what I believe these players will do this year, Uh, and then I... Projected that onto 2019's final positional rankings uh, to give you guys an idea of of kind of where they're going to slot, I think, um, into an overall ranking. And I also gave a little player comparison, uh, a 2019 player comparison as well. So let's jump right into it. We'll kick it off here. The top of the draft, the first overall pick obviously belonged to the Bulldogs. The Angry Bulldogs, are they angry? I don't know. I can't keep track. What day of the week is it? How many hours have they worked? Um, the pick was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's right, Hilaire, not Hilaire. That H is somewhat silent and sounds like an E. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, most people expected this. The post-draft hype, uh, in my opinion, got a little bit out of control. We'll talk about that. Uh, later when we talk about a few other running backs, Um, but it's a great situation. Uh, The Kansas City offense is obviously high-powered, probably the most high-powered in the league, uh, and he is now going to become a part of that. Um, A central part of that? I don't know. I'm not convinced yet. Uh, But anyhow, this is what I've got Clyde Edwards-Elair projected to do this year in 2020. Um, I've got 125 carries for 525 yards and four touchdowns. You might think that's a little light. I don't. Um, I do have him catching 40 balls for 375 yards and three touchdowns. When you add all of that up, and this addition was done without calculating potential bonuses, because I don't know if that's impossible (laughs) to project, Uh, but that's 172 fantasy points in our league, which last year would have ranked him 27th among running backs. Kind of interesting. I actually didn't write a player comparison for him, so haha, you don't get one. Um, but you know, it was a you know, 
basically a, a flex caliber, a number one flex caliber running back last year is kind of what I see Elair being this year. Um, let's keep this rolling because I don't want to go forever, guys, because I'm a busy, busy guy. Uh, number two, uh, Joe Burrow came off the board. Again, this was JD's pick. Uh, I believe from... Jeez, man, I have not been thinking about fantasy football very much lately. I don't even remember who he traded with. Oh, TC. Uh, so this would have been TC's pick. TC would have had Joe Burrow, but he doesn't. JD does. I've got Burrow projected for... Again, these projections, I use really round numbers. I, I kind of went through this and it took me about half an hour. Um, I didn't want to get super intricate, but a rough idea. So they're very round numbers in most cases. 350... Um, Completions, 550 attempts. I gave him 3,800 yards. Uh, I gave him 22 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. And I also tacked on 200 rushing yards and two scores on the ground because he's, he's got some mobility and I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll scramble or, and score a couple times maybe around the goal line. Uh, that equates to 245 fantasy points in our league, which last year would have ranked him 22nd among quarterbacks uh a comparison for a player that was in that range last year was daniel jones i think that's fair i, I don't think burrow's gonna set the world on fire uh the one caveat would be is if aj green is 2015 16 aj green then it's possible but given their weapons in the passing game i think he'll have a really solid year i don't think he'll blow the doors off the place or anything like that you know, I'd give him a ceiling of maybe around like 14 or 15 among quarterbacks, but I've got him ranked 22, probably closer to like 18 to 20 realistically. But that's Burrow. Next up, we got C.D. Lamb. I was very excited about this. Uh, C.D. Lamb was my guy. I was really hoping that J.D. wouldn't go him over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he chose not to, which is a good thing for me, I think. Um, I projected Lamb for 65 catches, 900 yards, and 5 touchdowns. I also gave him 80 rushing yards and a score for combined rushing slash returning potential. Uh, it sounds like he might be the punt returner there. Um, and the guy's so athletic that I think he'll he'll hit a couple end arounds and things like that. They'll, they'll try and use him as a bit of a gadget. So I gave him 80 rushing yards uh, and, a, and one score on the ground or returning. Uh, that adds up to 199 points in our league, uh, which would have been 33rd among wide receivers last year, which compares to what DK Metcalf did last year as a rookie. Next up, Jerry Judy. Another guy I was very excited about. These were my targets from Jump Street. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to get this second rookie pick from Sims, and I'm glad that both the guys that I wanted were, were here. Um, I'll talk my line of thinking. I did give some consideration on, on taking another player, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, 70 catches, 850 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, didn't give him anything on the ground. That's not really his, his jive. Uh, 179 fantasy points. Last year, that would have ranked him 38th among wide receivers, uh, and that would compare to Darius Slayton's year last year. Had a, had a pretty decent rookie year. Um, so nothing crazy, not blowing the doors off the place. It's pretty rare that rookies step in and do that. These guys both in Lamb and Judy have guys that are ahead of them currently on the depth chart. Uh, you know, Cooper and Gallup obviously in Dallas and Sutton in uh, Denver. So they're not going to be like true number ones or anything stupid like that in their rookie years. I don't think anyone expects that. 
Um, next up, Henry Ruggs. The third? The second? I feel like he's got a number with his name, doesn't he? Henry Ruggs I have projected for 50 catches, 775 yards, and five touchdowns. I also gave him 150 yards on the ground and one score. That equates to 178.5. Ooh, I was pretty particular on that one. 178 points, uh, which just like Judy would have ranked him 38th among wide receivers last year. Um, and I again put Darius Slayton as the... Again, the, these player comps, I'm not saying they're similar to that player. I'm saying these. this is how those players scored last year. I hope that makes sense. Uh, next up, we got Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, sorry, these last two picks were, were both Grant, if anyone didn't participate in the rookie draft and wouldn't know that. Uh, so Justin Jefferson at 6, 65 catches, 750 yards, 3 touchdowns. Didn't give him anything on the ground. Um, that would be 158 fantasy points in our league, which would put him at wide receiver 46. Um, a player comp from last year would be Marquise Brown. Um, you know, Marquise Brown, obviously very up and down, those big boom-bust weeks last year. Um, but as a total on the year, um, it was a favorable comparison. Next up at 7, uh, we've got J.K. Dobbins. J.K.? Jeez, man, I have not been thinking football. Like, that's how rusty I am. <laughs> uh, I gave Dobbins 100. This was Ian's pick. I gave him 140 carries for 700 yards, uh, which I believe is five, I gave him five yards per carry on the dot. And because of the offense that he's in and the threat of Lamar, I know they lost Marshall Yonda. I don't think that's going to be the end of the world. Uh, and seven touchdowns. And through the air, I gave him 25 for 302 um, you know, not considered a guy that catches a lot of passes, but I think he will catch some. I think he's going to see a bunch of third down work. Uh, he is a good enough pass protector already. Um, he's physical enough that he can do that job. Uh, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, those guys, I don't really see them being third down backs. Um, Mark Ingram's not, he can catch the ball, but he's not, you know, that's not his jive either. And obviously Lamar, uh, much like Deshaun Watson, you know, they, they don't dump it off to their running backs. They take off. Uh, so just 25 catches for Dobbins. That equals 181 points. Last year, that would have been good for RB25, which compares to David Montgomery's year last year. So, you know, kind of, eh, eh. I don't think Ian uh, expects a whole lot this year from Dobbins. Obviously, he's got Ingram, I don't know if you want to say ahead of him or in a tandem I think Ingram will probably be ahead of him for the first half of the year. I think Dobbins, you know, has the potential to really flash and show his talent uh, and kind of cut into Ingram's workload down the stretch. Um, next up, Jonathan Taylor mocks his pick at eighth overall. I gave Taylor 175 carries for 840 yards. That was a 4.8 average. Um, again, in both of these cases, Dobbins and Taylor's, um, Dobbins with five Taylor with 4.8 yards per carry. Those are two of the best offensive lines in football. And these are two of the best rookie running backs in football. Uh, so I think these guys are going to be, you know, lower touch, higher yard volume kind of guys. They both have game-breaking ability. Um, so I don't think that's a stretch to say Taylor could average 4.8 behind the Indianapolis offensive line. 175 for 840 and 6. And I gave him uh, 25 catches just like Dobbins uh, for less yards, though. 200 yards and one touchdown. It's not 
okay, this could be an argument among people, you know, I've heard TC and I think a few other people say, oh, he's not a PPR, this is a classic mox, you know, oh, just lots of carries and high volume, doesn't catch the ball or whatever. Listen, and Kaylee would tell you this, Kaylee's more of a college football expert than I am for sure, or really any of us because he pays more attention to it. Jonathan Taylor has the ability to catch the football. They didn't do that a lot at Wisconsin, um, but I don't see any reason why 25 catches, I don't think that's much at all. I think down the road, he could kind of be similar to what Zeke is, uh, catching between 40 and 50 passes. Um, but I don't think he'll do that this year, obviously, with Naheem Hines still having a presence in the passing game. Um, so that equals 171 fantasy points, which would be good for 27th uh, at the running back position last year, uh, which would compare to what Ronald Jones did last year. That's not going to sound very sexy, because uh, it wasn't pretty, as the Ronald Jones owner last year. Um but he put up production. I think he had like eight or 900 yards and a handful of touchdowns kind of thing. So, um, you know, it's, he's a flex player in all likelihood, unless something happens to Mac. And that's something I should have been touching on, actually, with Dobbins. I didn't talk situationally about a lot of these players. Um, you know, everyone, you can say this about every rookie. If a guy gets hurt in front of them, they obviously have the potential for the volume to go up and production will, will likely follow because these guys are all pretty good players. Um, if Mac were to go down, you know, Taylor's got top 10 RB potential. There's no doubt about it. Same thing with Dobbins. If Mark Ingram blows his ankle week one, Dobbins is a top 10 running back. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it um, in both of these guys' cases. Uh, next up, we got Cam Akers. Uh, this was Aaron's pick. Uh, lower carry projection because of the... Um, the amount of guys in that backfield right now. Uh, I gave him 100 carries for 450 yards, three touchdowns, and I gave him a little bit more in the passing game. I gave him 35 catches for 302. That equals 140 fantasy points, which would be good for 40th among running backs. And that compares to what Tevin Coleman did last year. Uh, so nothing, you know, it's the ninth overall pick. You know, it's nothing sexy about it. I don't know what they're going to do there with Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. Excuse me. I haven't taken a breath since I started. I'm, I'm firing through this. Um, if one of those guys were to go down or he were to pop, you know, early in the year, he could cur he could carve out a bigger role than 100 carries. But right now, I just don't see it. TC was pretty excited about this guy trying to trade up for him in the rookie draft. I don't see it. I, I think he played against questionable competition at Florida State. He's got ability. He's a nice player. But I, I don't see him stepping in as a rookie and having a major impact. I think he will be a guy that Aaron can start in one of his flex positions. Hopefully his he's in trouble if he's starting him as his first flex, I think. But, you know, he, he'll be a week-to-week matchup kind of play against, you know, poor run defenses, stuff like that. Uh, and then at 10th, we've got Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, I've got him projected. This was Kaylee's pick. Kaylee's very happy about this. Tua's his guy. Uh, 375 completions, 575 attempts. I gave him 4,000 yards, a, a touch up from what I gave Burrow. 24 TDs, but more interceptions, 15. I could see that being an indictment on the receiving core as much as as Tua. I think there's going to be some growing pains is what I'm trying to say with Tua. Um, the guy's got lots of ability. I gave him 100 rushing yards and one touchdown. He did less and less running 
during his career as his career went on at Alabama. And now with the injuries, I gotta think they're not going to be having that as part of of the week to week game plan. Um, but I threw a hundred on there and gave him one score. That equals two hundred and thirty nine fantasy points, which would be good for twenty fourth among quarterbacks in our league last year, which compares really closely to what Gardner Minshew did last year. Um, so kind of a third quarterback in, in all likelihood, unless he really pops for that to happen. I think you need Preston Williams to take a big step forward. If Devontae Parker is what he was last year, it could happen, you know, too. It could creep into kind of a, a mid-tier quarterback, too. But I think the list of if this happens, if that happens, is a little too lengthy to kind of expect that. I think Kaylee would probably agree, uh, as a rookie anyway. Um, so that's where we've got Tua. So, from there, uh, what I'm going to do with the second round is just kind of rifle through these. I haven't written down projections, so this is going to be a little loosey-goosey. But I want to touch on everyone's player. Because um, there's a few guys, obviously, that didn't have first-round picks. And I want to give you your shine. Uh, T. Higgins was picked at 11th. Uh, J.D. wanted to pair him with Joe Burrow. Um, you know, we gave him a hard time, obviously, when that pick came down. Uh, but, I mean, realistically, like, you got Jalen Rager going next. There was a couple running backs that were half-decent. It wasn't that much of a, a, a reach. You know, we're kind of giving J.D. a hard time. Um, I would have went another direction or two or three. But, you know... What's T. Higgins going to do this year? I don't know. At best, he's the third wide receiver, and that depends on what John Ross does, if anything. Um, I could see Higgins not doing anything for the first four or five weeks of the year, especially with this COVID stuff. That's something we should point out, too, with these rookies. You know, these guys are not on the field with their teams. They haven't had rookie minicamp. Training camp would be starting in three weeks for most teams. That's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to get pushed back into early August and, and they'll play two preseason games. So T Higgins, I, you know, I could see him having like a 30 catch, you know, 400 yard, maybe a touchdown or two kind of year. Like he's going to, it's an investment, I guess, if JD wants to carry him all year. And now let's face it. It's the 11th overall rookie pick. A lot of these guys in the second round are potentially going to be cuts at some point in the year. You know, you got it. You got to be pretty darn disciplined to hang on to a guy for a whole year to what, like carry him into next year as a keeper and hope, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a shot in the dark with most of these second round guys. Uh, next up, as I alluded to Jalen Rager to TC at 12, um, Rager's just got an opportunity kind of, but it, it really depends on what happens with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson there. You know, he's a, he's a bigger play guy, TCU, you know, he's fast, he's small, he's, he's Deshaun Jackson-ish. Um, I, I don't think TC's going to be able to play him much. I suppose it depends on what he does in the draft, if he finds more, well, no, I shouldn't say finds more wide receiver depth, because he's already got two or three wide receivers that are going to be keepers and, and playing for him. So Rager, at best, might be a, a, a kind of every second, third week flex play. Um but he'll be a low volume again, like maybe catches in the 30s. Yards might be a bit more because he's a bigger play guy, maybe up in the 500s, and, and he should get a few touchdowns. Next up, we got Sims with back-to-back picks. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, what's his nickname? Skit? Scat? Skirt? I don't know, something like that. <laughs> uh, he'll be the passing downs back for Tom Brady, uh, so anyone high on him 
uh, is obviously hoping that he gets a little James Whitey. Um, I don't know. It's, again, this is the 13th overall pick. You're, you're throwing darts at this point and hoping that it works out, and it might. Um, if I had to project him, I think he's probably safe to catch 35 or 40 balls, a few touchdowns, you know, handful of carries, probably, you know, in the 80 to 100 range, maybe for carries, you know, five to eight a week. Um, but that said, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber's just a slug, um, you know, Ronald Jones is an injury away or playing like dog shit away from Vaughn getting an increased role. Hard to say. Um, again, dart throw. You know, skilled guy though. Uh, next up, DeAndre Swift. I would have took Swift before I took Vaughn. Um, maybe Sims knew he had both of them there and was going to take both of them anyway. But I think Swift clearly has more ability as a running back and more potential to have a fantasy impact this year, even with carry um, on Johnson in Detroit um, you know he's he's not going to be a playable guy uh, again you know bi-week replacement type guy you know could see him staying on Sims roster for most of the year unless he's like doing nothing um, but he's got lots of talent it was Georgia backs they're nice uh, so we'll see what happens there uh, next up we got Grant who went with his third rookie wide receiver in Michael Pittman um, you know the the pool is getting pretty thin here. So you're you're really, in most cases, just going best player available, I would assume. Uh, so Pittman gets paired with Ruggs and Jefferson. Uh, he's already got Kenny Galladay on the roster. Uh, so there's four wide receivers. He's halfway filled out his uh, wide receiver group, which is crazy. Uh, Pittman, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Like, it's, again, like, maybe best case scenario, he becomes the number two halfway through the year behind Hilton. Um, they don't have a lot of depth there. Pittman's a bigger guy. Uh, could be a threat in the red zone. You know, again, dart throw. I don't even know what to put on him in terms of projections. It's, it's really hard to say when you get this far into the draft. Um, but I, I'd say, again, bi-week replacement. Potential to score touchdowns um, later in the year. Yeah, not bad. Um, Ian took Denzel Mims after that. Um I probably would have went Mims over Pittman, to be honest with you, just because of opportunity. I know the Jets have Brashad Perryman and <laughs> Jamison Crowder. Wow, what a crowded wide receiver group. <laughs> uh, Denzel Mims is is freaky, athletic. Um, you know, he's a guy that tested off the charts. Um, Baylor wide receiver, big play, tall, lanky, long, you know, deep touchdown threat kind of guy. Um, you could argue that that's Perriman's role, but who the heck is Brashad Perriman? I know he blew up and went crazy for Aaron in the fantasy playoffs last year, but I think Mims probably has a better immediate chance to get on the field than a guy like Pittman does, for comparison. Uh, Brandon Ayuk to TC, TC's second pick. Um, Ayuk is, um, is freaky athletic. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan reportedly loves the guy. Uh, you've got the injury to Debo Samuel now that might put him out maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks into the season. So there might be some early opportunity for Ayuk. But, I mean, he's not a guy as much as Shanahan likes him, and he was a first-round pick. Doesn't feel like a guy that's immediately going to step in and be an effective every 
down and every game kind of wide receiver. I can't see that. You know, he's got the reputation of being a little gadgety, um, but he has ability. Listen, he can run the ball. He's a returner. You know, he's, he's a playmaker type guy. Um, you know, I can't see him doing what, say, Debo did last year. Um, really hard to put numbers on him, and it'll probably be hard to pin down when you can play him outside of the first couple weeks if Debo's out. Uh, but he's a guy I like, so I, I like the player. Um, it's a it's a dart throw this late in the draft. There's, there's no doubt about it, so we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, we got Chase Claypool, who I think Aaron just took because he's, like, got a BC connection or whatever. He's from, like, Langley or wherever he's from. Um, uh, he went to Pittsburgh, uh, played at Notre Dame, big guy, downfield. Um, the issue is the Steelers wide receiver group is pretty crowded. You know, he's, he's, he's the number four guy there right now behind James Washington, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, so there's not going to be a lot of opportunity, but again, this is the second to last pick of the draft with, with Aaron. He's, he's throwing a dart. Um, and then we've got Kaylee, uh, Lavishka Chenault, a guy I really liked, uh, Colorado wide receiver, kind of similar in the mold of Ayuk, um, did some rushing at Colorado, can carry the ball, uh, short area, quickness, you know, he's going to be really good underneath for the Jaguars, um, I like that pick. Again, you know, this late in the draft, I've said it, I'm kind of repeating myself now, but these are dart throws. Uh, You know, he could work himself into the kind of number three or number two option um, for Gardner Minshew at Jacksonville. You've got Chark there. Uh, Who else do they have? They still have like Keenan Cole. Whoever their other guy, I think they signed a free agent too. That's not popping to mind, but there's nobody of, of a high caliber. So I could see Chenault, you know, later in the year, really becoming the number two target uh, behind Shark. Yeah. So there you have it. That kind of summarizes the rookie draft. We covered them all. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I kept it to, boom, 24 minutes, 25 minutes. Not bad. Um, I may do another podcast later this week. Uh, We'll see. No promises because life is crazy. Um, But I might have someone willing to pop on. All right. Take it easy, guys. Return of the Mac. I don't fucking know.